This is the Shotgun City Sheriff, the law himself, Clayton Clark. This is the young titan, Aaron Atlas. Hey, uh, this is Matt Brannigan. This is the warbound hellhound, Bo Sword. This is your favorite drunken pro wrestler, a.k.a. the Bud Light brawler, Dalton Davis. This is Lizzie Six. This is Jake Something. And this is the jaw-jacking, back-cracking, God-created all men equal, and then he made me the sequel, Rohit Raju, and you are listening to the Spot Show Podcast. Spot Show Podcast. The Spot Show Podcast. The Spot Show Podcast. Spot Show Podcast. Hell yeah. The Spot Show Podcast. The Spot Show Podcast. Yes, right. I stuttered. Shut up. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Spot Show Podcast, an independent wrestling podcast with a few pit stops along the way. How's it going? I'm Dickie Wabash. I'm the Carson Daly of professional wrestling. That beautiful, beautiful man sitting right over there. That is the one-legged wonder, Michael Madrox. Dickie Wabash, what a weekend, baby. What a what a year. What a year already. We're still celebrating the year. I'm always celebrating, though. I'm just a walking celebration. I'm just <laughs> we, a walking celebration. we got something big to celebrate, though, baby. We've got everything big to celebrate. You know what I mean? Because, like, I, I honestly think that if you, if you walk through your life and you're not trying to celebrate at least a little bit, well, then I think you're, you're not doing, you're doing life right. You're doing wrong. You're not enjoying the fruits of your labor. You, and I think that's a good thing to point out is that some of these people another one you call it can't see the forest for the trees you know what i mean you gotta you gotta sometimes enjoy the fruit of your labor i think as a society we have been like so predisposed and pre-programmed to be like hey you know you gotta work 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 but it's like you gotta take the time to enjoy the things that you're doing but you know Got to enjoy this stuff, man. Like, yeah, we're you're philosophical. There, you're out there foraging for your acorns and apples with your little satchel. We're getting, uh, we're getting really philosophical on this one already. <laughs> I didn't have that planned. I don't think, yeah, I didn't either. But hey, you know what? Before we get too more philosophical, just want to let everyone know that this episode of the Spot Show podcast is brought to you by You Who and Mad Bash Wrestling presents Ascend the Throne. We're going to hear a little bit more about them later. That is, of course, unless you head on over to patreon.com slash Studios. Back us at the $5 and above tier. You're going to be able to hear this show completely ad-free. Also, the $5 tier, you're going to be getting access to paid show. You're going to be getting access to Mad Bash fan cam whenever it goes up. You're going to be getting access to so much stuff. $10 tier, you get shows like Shit Show, Element OP, Big Stupid Popcorn, some really cool stuff over there on the Patreon. But hey, here's the thing, I understand it. Sometimes you don't have the money that you can send us our way. That's completely fine. You can go over there to patreon.com slash Studios. back us at the free tier. You are still going to get the ability to be able to comment on all of our free content, see it before everybody else, get, get the notifications that the stuff has gone up. But listen, there's other ways that you can support us. You can go to madbashstudios.com, go to your favorite podcasting platform, hit us with a five-star written review and then that's how we know that you love us but we already know that you love us i mean come on what is there not to love about us over here at mad bash studios the spot show podcast mad bash wrestling mischievous rabbit everything we got going on here mad bash films many different ways to support us but the best way to support us again patreon.com slash mad bash studios so we want to talk about uh, the fruits of our labor i want to tell you guys a little story right now story time with uncle dicky story time with uncle dicky we're gonna sit back we're gonna hear the tale of a young lad who loves independent wrestling loves professional wrestling that young man is the son of this man right here michael madrox his name is logan madrox he's been on the spot show podcast you've heard him on the spot show podcast you've seen him at our merch table you've seen behind the scenes photos of him tearing down you've even seen professional grade promo pictures of logan madrox and here's the thing if you're at facebook.com slash mad bash studios you've seen the logan madrox is mad bash graphic 
Kid earned it, man. What's that mean? Why? Why? Why did he get a graphic? Why did just is this nepotism out here? Or are we just giving everyone willy nilly graphics? No, we're not. I mean, willy nilly got a graphic, but I mean, we don't talk about we we don't talk about Bruno. You know, we ain't talking about old shit anymore right now. We're talking about the new shit, the new generation. We're talking about the new generation of Mad Bash Studios. So. We're having our little pre-show stuff like that always goes down at a wrestling show. And Mr. Steven Mitchell at Elite Pro Wrestling comes up to me and he says, well, no, let's backwards a little bit. Let's go, let's go back a little bit. Let's Just, back it up. Let's back it up like two hours. We get in there. They're still setting up the building. I look at Logan Madrox. You look at Logan Madrox. I said, brother, help him set up these chairs. All right. I said, as soon as you're done with these chairs, set up our merchandise. Okay. And I said, and then as soon as you're done with that, go get your gear on. We'll do some stuff in the ring. Then that's when he got excited. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing that I think is a big issue with a lot of what's going on in independent wrestling right now. And this is probably going to get me up on a soapbox at this point. And I, I don't care. Soapbox it away, Dickie. Uh, too much too soon. Oh, yeah. Too much too soon for a lot of these people. They go through training in like three months and out there doing shows. It's. Not good. Not even that. Don't even touch a ring. Don't even do any of that. Don't even chip in on gas money or anything. No paying their dues. No paying them dues. The idea of paying them dues is gone. Logan Madrox has paid them dues. And here's the thing about Logan Madrox. We have shot that shit down with him because he gets excited. Yeah, I'm going to be getting in the ring, you know, but he also knows this is what you got to do in order to get into the ring. So he's in there. Mr. Michael Madrox is running through some stretches, getting him, you know, getting him loosey goosey. We run some blow up drills with him, run some bumping drills. I go to the back and then I see two of the best referees in the Midwest. That's Ollie Tharp and the whole ref and show Terry Hopper. And they're in there running referee drills with Logan. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. Cause that's what we've always said. We want to start this boy off as a referee. So fast forward a couple hours, you know, pre-show stuff is over. We're just kind of milling about. Mr. Stephen Mitchell comes up to us and he says, we're giving Logan a match tonight. We're like, really? And he said, do you think he's ready? And I said, depends on who you put him in there with. But yeah, I think he's ready. So it's made official. Logan Madrox is on the card. He's going to be refereeing a match. So we go up to him in the back and I said, Hey Logan, can I talk to you for a minute? And he's like, yeah. And I said, man, I was watching you in that ring. Said, you're starting to lose it a little bit, brother. I said, we need to get you back on. We need to get your psychology figured out. Back to basics. Back to basics is what we got to do. So that means no ring time for a while. He goes, Okay. And I said, also, you're refereeing tonight. And that boy just dropped everything in his facial expressions and looked like Ghostface. It didn't register with him at first, though, did it? No. It took a second. Then he just, like, screamed the painting. Like, what? Yeah. He got to referee his first match. So, man, uh, before we really go into detail about, like, what necessarily went down how he was in the match and all the stuff like that i want to turn it over to you 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 take over talk as long as you need to because man man that's your that's my baby boy that's your your middle son that's the one that has the biggest love of wrestling you know your oldest has a love of wrestling but not to the level he used to he used to but not to the level logan has not trying to discredit aiden madrox i'm just saying this is what this is this is what Logan wants to do. And so with that being said, I'm just going to give you the floor. You talk for as long as you need to. Tell me how it felt as a father to get to see your son finally booked on a show as a referee. See, I had a little spoiler alert. Steven wrote me the week prior to the show and asked if I thought Logan would be okay to ref a match in March. And I was like, hell yeah, I think he could do it. Just, as long as he's got some people in there he can work with. Because let's face it, the kid's goose shit green. <laughs> no, it was literally his first time refing. Of course he's going to be green as goose shit. And uh, that day of the show, like Logan was out there doing the drills and everything. And I guess he uh, 
impressed everyone to the point where they were like, yeah, let's throw him a bone tonight instead, which was a shock. And it made me so proud just like being able to experience that moment in my lifetime because his excitement quickly switched to the nerves as soon as he like gave his little happy face. He's like, oh, shit, this is real. And that's when we informed him that he's going to be refereeing uh, Matt Maverick and Yoder. And that's two guys that I would not have not been in his first match. They handled that greatly. And I want to give them their kudos for that, for making Logan feel welcome and taking care of my boy out there. But uh, he was the second match on the card. And that match was hard to call for me personally because I'm still a parent. And a parent comes first over everything. You know this. And when he came out to the ring, like, I'm just out there on my phone on commentary, like, trying to take pictures and videos and everything else. And, man, he had a little hiccups. His placement needs worked on, but he fucking killed it for a first time. You could have fooled me that it was his first time. I mean, if you know what you're looking at, yeah, it was his first time. But if you really don't, then... You know, it is what it is. And I knew, just like you said, he couldn't have been in there with two better guys. He really couldn't have. And uh, I think that he, this is going to sound really shitty because I don't think, it, but I don't mean it in that way. I was going to say that he exceeded expectations, but there really were no expectations really because we don't know what to expect from him yet. I mean, he's still, uh, he's 12. Yeah. Like, he's 12. You can't set expectations. No, especially because, for someone that young. And, and we you had know, had a little to him because like when we do set expectations, he blows them out of the water with everything he does. Yeah. And, you know, we had had a little heart to heart with him on the way down to the to the show. We were like, because, you know, he's kind of fallen off a little bit in school and we're like, you need to write this ship. And he's like, I oh, know. And, you know, he oh, he did that Logan. Yeah. Where he kind of, you know, I, I know. And um. I, I I think that, you know, we dangled the carrot in front of him and then now he's got it. Now the real hard part begins, though, of keeping that little motherfucker's ego in check. <laughs> I think we can do it. I don't think it's a problem. No, I don't think I it don't is. think it's a problem. We did early on. We had a little bit of a problem with him because he was expecting too much. Yes. And he uh, we told him we're like he wanted too much too soon. Yes. And we had told him, there are people that have been in the business for as long as you have been alive that have not been given the opportunities and the tools that you have been given. Like, and, and I was talking to Ollie about this. I said, if this kid, like, he's got such good potential. I said, he's got all the tools. I said, I can work with him on character because he ultimately wants to be a wrestler. So that time is going to come where he's going to have to make the decision of, like, I need to make the transition. But, I mean, he's too young to wrestle right now, in my opinion. Absolutely. It's not, Ultimately, it's not up for me to say. I'm just his Uncle Dickie over here. I personally would not do it. He's way too young. Way too young. Because I've made this joke countless times. You look at these kids, they turn 18, they've already got 14 years of experience. You know, it's it, it's fucking crazy. And like, you, you look at like the level of quote unquote young workers. Okay, here's an example. And here's a little bit of a kind of a teaser ski for what we got going on. I was watching the Invasion pay-per-view because we're going to be doing a, a, a review of it coming up here soon. And X-Pac is coming to the ring and JR says he just had his 26th birthday. He's a 13-year veteran. How'd that yeah. make you feel, though? I mean, it didn't make me feel any sort of way. Like That's crazy to think, though, during the Invasion era, X-Pac was only 26. Yeah. Like, look at everything he accomplished before that point. He was the light heavyweight champion at the time. That's crazy. He dude. had already had his run with the WWF, WCW. then the WCW, and then back to the WWF with DX. Man, by the time he was 26, by the time that motherfucker was 20, he had already beaten Razor Ramon and had a run with the NWO and DX. Maybe not 20. Maybe he was in his mid 20s, but well, that's still crazy to think of. Absolutely insane. See, but like with Logan's perspective, I want him to learn everything before he steps into it. We, we were talking about that whenever he was here on the Podski. Like he needs to learn the backstage stuff. I want him to learn commentary. I want him to learn 
uh, production. I want him to learn lighting, like anything. Like I want him to be a sponge and not just settle for one thing. Yeah, and so far, I mean, look at what he's done so far. He filmed a show. Security. Security. Gimmick getter. Concessions. Concessions. He um, refed. So, you know, I, I, you know, I don't want to put too much out there what we plan on doing with ring this crew, kid, but ring crew, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, I say that, if, you know, if he can have a match in March, I mean, cool. But if not, I say we sit his ass back there with production and watch how things are working, whether Absolutely. it be even if he has a match in March, that's what he should be doing back there. Well, yeah, fair. But you, you, you know what I meant, but, um, but he did have one heartbreak when he found out that the Mad Bash wrestling show is going to be happening on a school night, so he can't make it. Yeah, because we told him that could be his first refing job. Yeah. And he was so excited about that. But hey, brother, you got it earlier. Which is true. So how old were you when you had your first match? 15. Okay, so substantially older. There's a big difference. I mean, it doesn't seem like it. But there's a big difference between a 12-year-old and a 15-year-old. So I wasn't supposed to until I was 16, and, and but uh, I was too tall. So they were like, I will let this one slide. But you could have passed for 18, Absolutely. roughly. And that's probably what they did with you. I mean, you look at fucking Jeff Hardy was on WWF TV, like 16, lying about his age. He was 15, lying about or his age. Or 15, lying about his age? Yeah. Okay, well, whatever he was doing. I just know he was lying about his age. But so go through like what you were feeling during your first match. Like, I mean, I mean, granted this wasn't, he wasn't wrestling, but he was still involved. So uh, the, the nerves dude, like yeah. you can't even think your first time out there. No, like I'm sure it happened to you. Like, cause I know what happened to you when you were ring announcing for the first time. Like you did not want to do it. You were like, no, 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 no. This is too much too soon. And you know, th- this is a good little uh, transition segue into what we could spend some time on, like talking about our early years in the business and, you know, shit like that, because we literally just got to see our, you know what? I'm just going to call him what he is. He's our trainee. We've been training him, you know, and the first um, student of Mad Bash. He's the first student of Mad Bash. And so to be able to see him take that big step, like it. It, it like we can now reflect and we're like the grizzled old man sitting back on the porch. Well, I remember when we're the Oliver Kane of this generation now, kind of. But um, so, yeah, we'll start with you. Like, just talk about your your first time and like not you not, not, I, not but, that first time uh <laughs> you're like well, what you it see was what like. happened was yeah no just talk about like getting to the building what it was like in the locker room what it was like during after stuff like that uh we didn't got to the building was the community center in westy it was a ccw show and uh they needed a tag match and me and travis were just standing around and they're like you guys got this and it was the shits. Well, yeah. But like knowing that you're going to have your first match, dude, like I threw up. I was like, ugh, just the nerves were like kicking in because like you see this shit on TV. You're like, I wonder what that's like. Like everyone's out there so cool and cocky. And then when you find out you're doing it for the first time, that's not the situation at no. all. Not at all, dude. And we went out there and just did like a little five minute squash match. But like, who was it against? uh ddt and someone else come on you don't remember your first match i don't dude i think it was ddt and andrew cole if i'm remembering right but jesus dude so nervous out there they took care of us and we got to the back and i threw up some more because even though it was only like 15 fans in the crowd it's still nerve-wracking well it didn't matter i mean you also you also had the responsibility of it being in your hometown in front of your hometown crowd so see like that didn't even click with me i didn't appreciate that until like later in my life if that makes sense like yeah well i mean i think there was just probably because there were so many companies that came through there it was just like to assume to assume i'm sure that like why it didn't register is it just because you had bigger fucking fish to fry because you are about to wrestle for the first time yes and uh but yeah no there have been so many companies through west Terre Haute. i mean just myself i've wrestled for ccw there uwc there ncw there and cwf there and then icw there and then worked for hybrid there and worked for hybrid there so it's like eh. you know this is gonna 
how do I word this? West T's lost its mystique for me. It has. Even though it's my hometown crowd and it's my hometown building, the place where I cut my teeth watching live independent shows. It's a been there, done that. It's a been there, done that for me now. And like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Nothing's going to top that second CWF show there. Uh, first for me, the first one, because that's the one where we really sold out. The second one's where we really sold out. Are you sure? I remember it vice versa. No, it was the second one because Rudy Charles was there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and Josh Steele all of a sudden was a big Rudy Charles fan. Yeah, he likes You know my what shirts. Rudy Charles told me? He likes my shirts. Oh, my God. What were we watching? Oh, it was the uh, the uh, Toby Keith suplexing Jeff Jarrett video, and I said it looks like the guy in the front row is wearing a Josh, Josh Steele shirt. shirt. And then you were like, no, that's just generic font B or whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, you know. It's hard to explain like that uh, that first time when you're in your hometown, you know, like when 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 we had um, because contrary to popular belief, like technically my first time was in Terre Haute, not West Terre Haute. But believe it or not, when I tell you guys this and you're just gonna be like, oh, whatever. No, it is what. Two completely different communities. It's two different towns. Terre Haute and West Terre Haute are not the same. So any wrestling show that I believe bills it, we're coming to Terre Haute. No, you're not. You're coming to the West Terre Haute. The only thing they share is the area code. Yeah. Zip codes are different. Towns are different. City limits are different. It's not the same. The government thing. is different. Exactly. There's a town council in West Terre Haute. But... You know, I remember the first time getting to, to like work in that building. It was pretty fucking special for me. And then each time it slowly kind of drips, drips and drips. Like even when we worked hybrid there for the first time, I was like, yeah, this is I was like, I think I was acting excited. Like I wasn't as excited as I thought I would be like it was still a good show and it was still fun to work it. But it was just like, man, like this doesn't feel like I'm, I don't have those jitters like i normally do like coming back with hybrid to west terre haute wasn't as special for me as coming back to terre haute with hybrid yes because i'm more of a west terre haute guy i've cut like west terre haute obviously it's my hometown is special but i mean like i cut my teeth in the business in terre haute like the only way that i could ever really get massive jitters like on this level green dome Oh, that would be cool. That would give me the jitters. But that's not what I'm talking about. So for those of you that don't know, it's the gymnasium of our high school that we graduated. Uh, It's the only, like, I think I read on Wikipedia, it's like the only bold uh, gymnasium in the state or something like that. Something weird. Um, But no, um, uh, I'm going to bring up old G-Town. If I ever set foot in that Georgetown Community Center again and work a show, that's going to be fucking bonkers for me. I know a guy that owns a wrestling company. I know a guy that owns. I know a couple we, guys. We, we could try some pull company. some strings. Yeah, well, let's, let's go zip, <laughs> zip that up and right there, brother. No future spoilers. Um, so here's the thing: my first show that I ever worked was like so. Ah, you're here. So I didn't really have time to really ingratiate in the fact that I was on the show. It was just like, you're going to do this. You're going to, you're, you're doing this now. And this is what was so funny. I was just talking to Yoder about this. Um, cause we were talking about, you know, Logan got his opportunity. Uh, you got to strike when the iron's hot, you take that opportunity, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, Yoder was like, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's, that, that, that's how it is, you know? And then I was like, man, I remember my first time that I told the story of it's like I wasn't even meant to be on the show. The ring announcer no showed and they needed a ring announcer. And I just so happened to have dress clothes with me. So they threw me to the wolves and Yoder's like, ah, but see, that's how it's built. I was like, yeah, I, I know. But um, so I just remember I've told this story before, but, you know, new listeners, it'll cycle through. Um, I was originally there for a tryout to be a manager and 
I don't even know what you guys would have had in mind for me to try out as a manager because nothing happened. We didn't even do anything. Like, I just sat there and watched you guys. And then that's when Ollie Tharp came up to me, who I am going to give him his flowers right now because that man deserves his flowers. And I don't think that he gets the notoriety that he deserves. If it wasn't for Ollie Tharp, there wouldn't be so many people that you look at on the indies now. There would be no Michael Madrox. There would be no Dickie Wabash. I'm going to tell you why there would be no Dickie Wabash. Because Ollie comes up to me and he says, hey, brother, you said I hear you got a voice. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, you want to be the ring announcer tonight? And I was like. I don't know with it being such a last minute, like I, I don't know. I no, no, because I'm, I'll just sit back and enjoy the show and then we'll talk about the future. And he's like, okay. He kind of gave me that look of like, you fucking idiot. You should do it. (laughs) So I sat there and I thought about it for a minute and then I thought, yeah, you know what? This is my opportunity. I'm going to fucking take it. I'm so glad you did. And I took it because you would know, I probably wouldn't have been asked back. Because I didn't step. I mean, you maybe you don't know. I don't, but I know you were close with the with the promoter at the time. It wasn't my company, but nine times out of ten, if you get presented an opportunity and you don't jump on it, they don't ask you back. And that's not and that's, just that's wrestling. real life. That's just real life. So take that advice. Like leave your comfort zone. So then we did the show, and that was pretty much it. Like I I didn't even really have the opportunity to like fully. Ah, you know, like to do that again, it was, did you even get to tell your family and friends? I got to tell a friend that was there with me. Um, and then I don't remember, I think I called my mom and I was like, Hey, I'm ring announcing this show tonight. Um, which maybe I didn't because I feel like my mom would have been like, yeah, I'm going to be there for that. But the only thing I really remember from that night is I messed up Vinny Balzano's name, which that's fine. Oh no. <laughs> um, and then being in the ring during GT Vega and PJB's. Um, oh, sorry. I just had a name drop 10 years ago. Oh, you still don't know who they are. Well, um, nah, that was a joke. I'll cut that out. Um, I just remember standing in the ring with them and you, um, a train went by. So like Vegas trying to cut this promo and uh, the train like was drowning him out. And I just remember PJV just sitting there with his fucking head down <laughs> laughing. And then I'm standing in the corner. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. Um, and that's really all that I remember vividly other than the fact I stand by it. You know, we raz him, we make fun of him, but he makes it easy. You know, Josh Steele being the first one to come up to me and being like, you look nervous. Are you okay? And that stuck with me. Um, I was a dick to you all night, but in the, not a di- you were, I was trying to make you comfortable. Yeah. Like you weren't being an asshole to me. Like, I knew what you were doing. Cause I've known you long enough to know what you were doing. Like even during my insurance, I walk up to you and I'm like, you liking this? Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you like there's footage still up from the show of, um, the first show. And there's footage of the first time you and I ever shared a wrestling ring. And like, you came up and took the mic from me and you said, so are you liking it? And I was like, uh-huh. And then he said, okay, I'm about to be a bad guy. And then you <laughs> grabbed it and said, get out of our life, blah, 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 and all, all, all this other shit. We, but, need, we need to steal that off of YouTube before it gets taken down. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Because that's the first time Dickie Wabash and Michael Madrox were in a wrestling ring together. That's something special. Yes. And, um, but yeah, you gave me the Iggy. You were just like, so are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then you went, okay, good. Now I'm, now I'm about to be a bad guy, but um, <laughs> like I remember after the show, I did not know what to do and oh no. Uh, so before that, there was going to be a group photo taken because it was someone's last time there or whatever. PJBs. I don't know. Sure. I don't know. And um, I was just standing back and you looked at me and you said, get in here, Josh this is before I was Dickie this is way before Dickie. Oh yeah. And uh, I was like, shouldn't be like, yeah, you're a part of the family. I was like, okay, cool. So then I get in the ring, and then there, that photo is somewhere. Uh, it's blurry as all get out, but it's me in the ring with the CWF guys. It was like the group photo, and um, 
uh, then I remember uh, just standing there like not knowing what to do. And then you being like, now it's time to tear down the ring. And I was like, what do you mean? And you said, I'll show you. So then you like showed me how to do under cables. And then I remember you just leaving me high and dry because they came out and said, Hey, free concessions. And then you just <laughs> got up and like, and I just stand in there like, what the fuck? You always got to go get the free concessions. Yeah. Brother. Well, that was my first time. I didn't know. So then a week later, uh, CWF had another show and it was at a relay for life event. And you messaged me and you said, are you going to be at this show? And I was like, hundred percent plan on it. And you said, I'll tell you when you should get there because this is how I'm, you guys had double shot. A lot of them had a double we had shot, a triple shot, triple shot, triple shot. Oh yeah. Because didn't you do infinity pro infinity, ICW, ICW, then CWF. Yep. Yep. Infinity pro ICW and then CWF. I do remember that. And, um, you're like, you should get there at this time. Uh, oh, and then Toxic had a concert that night, so he couldn't be there. So it was just like, oh, um, okay. So again, show up, no, absolutely nobody, and the first person I see is Josh Steele. And um, he's like, hey, you're back, man. And I'm like, yeah, I'm back. And then he's like, cool, cool. And then who the fuck is Mike Bex pulls up? with the ring and then boom time to start setting up i set the ring up for the first time it was something special that was really more of the jitters are hitting me because this time like i'm actually on a show at one o'clock in the morning at one o'clock in the morning and i remember the microphone not working and just I don't even remember that. standing there being like, I, I don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> I, I don't know. And I remember my mom and dad were actually there. So they were there for my second show. My dad tried to tell me, roll the mic cord and hold it so that you can complete the circuit. Because there was, there, there was a loose wire. So he's like, roll it. So then I just remember looking at Ronnie and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And he's like, I don't want to do it. So then it like, it, it finally started working. Thank God fucking god because i felt naked just standing in front of that crowd being like i actually do remember that because it's the last time we used anyone else's sound equipment yep yep because literally like two weeks later we went to guitar center and bought a new mic setup yep i do remember this i do remember that so then after the show, I remember Toxic coming up to me and saying, hey, we want to use you from now on as our ring announcer. And I was like, okay, cool. And then from that point on, I was off to the races. Coming out to the backyard while the training was going on and doing little backstage interviews. Did I come to, when was my first training session? Do you remember? Did I come after my first show? I don't think I did. I don't think I saw anyone until after the relay. The relay. So my first tr- session was after relay. Because the relay was going to be if you were going to stick around and tough it out before you got invited out to the barn. Yeah, that's what it was. I do remember you telling me that, like, after the fact. But, yeah, I actually trained a little bit in that barn. Um, nothing major. That was just when I made the realization. I was like, I was like, nah, I don't think I'm an in-ring wrestler. I said, I think I'm just going to be, you know, one of the auxiliary Do players. Do you remember your first bump? Huh? Do you remember your first bump? I don't actually. Oh, man. I don't. I remember taking a clothesline from Mike Wilde. I remember my first bump. Really? Yes. It was in a Charlie Knight's driveway out by St. Mary of the Woods. We had to set up the ring and start bumping our first day of training. In the ring? In the ring. I did. I mean, when you said driveway, I was like, what are you doing? Are you just bumping on the concrete or whatever? Um, no, I don't remember my first bump, but I remember like my like third or fourth or fifth bump or whatever, because I remember coming to training the next week and Ollie was there and he was like, I heard you're bumping now, Dickie, because at this point is when I was being getting called Dickie. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, let me see it. And then I hit it. And he goes, all right, that was the shit. So he's just clapping. Um, see, actually, me and Brian had this conversation not too long ago, like where. I don't have anything from my like wrestling career that I saved or like tried to keep or anything like that. And that upsets me. Yeah. Well, I think we get a little bit into that after we hear a word from our sponsors. 
This episode of the Spot Show podcast is brought to you by Mad Bash Wrestling Presents Ascend the Throne. March 19th in Noble, Illinois, some of the top stars from Mad Bash Wrestling and IWA Unlimited are going to be competing to crown the first ever Mad Bash Wrestling Champion. You are going to see competitors like Dalton Davis, Clayton Clark, Jared Savage, Chris Cutler, and so, so many more competing to crown the first ever Mad Bash Wrestling Champion. For more details, you can visit madbashstudios.com and follow the links to all of our various social media websites. This episode is brought to you by YooHoo, a product of Keurig Dr. Pepper. So here's what I want you to picture right now, right? You're on a long road trip, you're driving along, and you're thinking, man, I could really go for a nice, sweet, refreshing drink. You pull into a gas station, and the first thing you see is YooHoo. And I got to tell you, grabbing that YooHoo, that's going to be the right decision every single time. YooHoo is available in a variety of flavors, vanilla, strawberry, but here at Mad Bash, our personal favorite is chocolate. I'm going to tell you about YooHoo a little bit more, right? We absolutely love this stuff here at Mad Bash. We cannot get enough of it. And you know what? We're going to sweeten the pot a little bit here thanks to YooHoo. If you see us at a wrestling show and you buy a Mad Bash Wrestling sticker, you are entitled to one free bottle of YooHoo on Mad Bash Studios. Limit one per customer while supplies last. Now, come on, guys. You can't beat that deal with a stick. Again, Mad Bash would like to thank YooHoo so much for sponsoring this episode. So you don't have anything from your original run in wrestling. You actually, you technically do. One of your old jerseys is right over there to be That's hung up. That's not my in the, original run, though. Really? That's the Batman era. That's after the CWF reboot. Well, I say original run, but still, yeah, something that you had from your wrestling career. Yeah, but like... Yeah, let we, me rephrase that. We're not talking about, like, original. We're just, like, in general, oh, something yeah. from your... Yeah, I got a couple of the jerseys, but that's it. Like, none of the old gear skis or merchandise or anything, man. Well, Cole Radrick has your gear. We've established Some of this. my gear, yes. Some of your gear. We, t- we say it, it all the time. It would be cool to, like, figure out, like, all the independent wrestlers, like, who have something from Michael Madrock's history. <laughs> that would be, like, dope to find out. Yeah. See, I... Mad Bash Hidden Treasures. I have... I have the pink and blue Converse. They're hanging up in my uh, like on on my bookshelf in my kitchen. But the the funny part about those is those aren't the original blue and pinks. Those are the remakes. They're the the opposite ones. Because I think it was. Hang on, vamp for a minute because I'm gonna go check. You just want to pause it right here. Nope. <laughs> nope. Keep, keep talking. All right. He's checking his damn shoes now. But for those listening. A word of advice from Mr. Michael Madrox here is if you're doing something with your life, keep mementos because it's always nice to go back and be like, ah, yeah, I agree. Oh, he's back now. Yeah. So the ones that are in there is left blue, right, pink. But the ones that I would always wear were left pink, right, blue. And I don't know where those are. And by the way, those are 11s. I wear 12s. So I don't know what the fuck I was doing. But Converse is normally run a little big, though. Don't they, they do. Yeah, they do. Um, I've got every other pair of Converse, though, but I don't know where the original because they're the ones that I wore in my quote unquote last match. Um, they're the ones that I left in the ring. And I remember specifically my girlfriend at the time, like after I left them in the ring and walked out like she was the one that specifically grabbed them and had them for me. <clears throat> so I still... I know I had them up until like my second run in New Wave Pro because I wore them. We did a Halloween show and it was ironically my last New Wave Pro show, um, which that might be a fun thing to get into on paid ski. Um, it was a Halloween show and I decided to dress up as old Dickie Wabash with a Truth to Masses shirt, my hooded vest, jeans, and then my Chuck Taylors. Um 
But no, as for the uh, the left, pink, right, blue, I don't know what happened to them. I don't know. I have crazy to think. Yeah, it really. But to back to what you were saying, like yeah, like like yeah, like keep your mementos and keep things as much as you can. Now, you also got to think though that can get you to a to a relatively uh, like your your the Venn diagrams are touch or kissing. In terms of like collecting and hoarding, um, and I'm like, not saying keep like everything. No, but like, no, but keep like special things. Like I wish I had a Juggernauts bracelet to glue in the dark. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had the old school Michael Madrox shirts. I wish I had like just a piece of gear from like an era, like where I won a championship or something like that to look back on. If that makes sense, it does. Like I, dude, I don't have any. Of the original Dickie Wabash outfits. I don't know where the fuck they're at. I don't have the hooded vest, which was my favorite. I love that hooded vest. Um, I Now, I have one of each one of my shirts. I do. See, I don't even do that. I have. And then, so I found a bunch of them recently. You gave me one. I gave you one. And then, uh, well, I say a bunch. Like, it was the left. There wasn't a bunch. Like, I, I sold a pretty substantial amount of shirts. But I know Dalton Davis got a Wabash Talent Agency shirt and a Truth to Masses shirt. Um, I have a Wabash Talent Agency shirt that is signed by me, Blake Reed, Cecil, and then I just need to get Travis's signature on it. And then, I thought Travis did sign it. No, Travis did not sign it. How many times has he been over in this house? Uh, honestly, a, not a lot lately. Um, which we we taught Clayton Clark a thing or two about signing uh, signing stuff to the uh, Saturday. Oh yeah. We? Paint pin boy. He was trying to paint pin a t-shirt and it's like, normally these paint pins are great, but not on fabric. Not at all. And, uh, I was like, dude, use a, I'm going to tell you this. My favorite thing to sign with is the metallic Sharpies. And I thought there was one in here, but there isn't. Um, but my trademark, Oh, here is one. Here's a silver ski. Here's a silver ski. Let me uh, get under there and get it. But yeah, the the silver Sharpie is a really good a one go to, to sign with. It's a good one to sign with. I personally, I like to sign with a copper Sharpie copper just to give different. it a little, little, a little different little, ski, little different to it. Um, back in the day, I would sign with a pink Sharpie because pink's my color. Back in my day, there was only black and blue Sharpies. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, um, that's why, like, we need to tell Logan, like, we need to go, look, you're going to grow out of them at one point, but keep those knee pads. Keep that shirt. That's, you're going to remember. As soon as he grows out of that shirt, I already want to get it framed with his first promo picture in it and a photo from his first match. Yeah, it would be cool to get something from Yoder and Maverick, too. That'd be cool. Yeah, like, just to, like, get a picture of them and have them sign sign it. it. Yeah. There you go. They were that'd cooking. be good. Now for we're his, cooking. That'd be good for his birthday or something. Oh yeah. He listens to the podcast, so he's gonna be like Logan. Just forget the last. I don't know. He's seconds. grounded right now. Oh, can he not listen to the podcast? He can't do anything on his phone right now. Really? That damn f brother. Yeah. Yeah. But um, what were we talking about? Keeping stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, Jason V like kept everything. Like not everything, but everything, you know, like he's got and I've not seen it in person, but he talks about it. His vanity room where he's got like all of his tights and posters and shit like that. That's what makes me jealous so much of him. Like he was smart enough to keep it and keep track of like every fucking thing. Yeah. He's a note taker for those that don't know. And he did. He still got finances from every single UWC online show. Really? Yeah. Jesus, man. We should have been more like him. (laughs) Well, that's another thing, too, that we need to tell Logan is that you should write down every match that you've refed so that you can remember, because I know a lot of like a lot of workers will write down each match. I know Clayton does it. Um, I know write down each match and each outcome because who knows in 20 years from now you could be in the WWF and be like here's my book of Jericho yeah here here's how many matches it took me to get to this point um but uh no um what was I getting ready to say um 
and it kind of ties back into what we were talking about at the beginning of where it's like you got to stop and smell the roses a little bit because see it all comes full circle full circle it all comes full character circle, development we know what we're well that you've kind of force fed that one but it all comes back to what we're talking about in that um has jared savage not signed the wall of brothers i thought he did has he not no how have i not noticed this i'm gonna slap him I know. I'm sorry. My ADD kicked in, and I was like, oh, my God, Jared's not signed to the Wall of Brothers. And he's been on the podcast. And he lives here. Yeah, he comes here every Tuesday. We go down to IWOW. How has that not happened? I have no damn idea. Maybe whenever he was on, we weren't. No, because Clayton had signed it at that point, and so had Dalton. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> I just, man, that really threw me for a loop. Um, no, the thing is like... um live in the moment, you know, um, keep and then because you, you can enjoy those moments and you can only live in the moment so much. Like you're going to want to look back and reminisce about things. So you're going to want to keep those things. Remember like, ah, these knee pads. I remember when Yoder picked me up and hit Matt Maverick with me, you know, and stuff like that. And I think that, um, that's something that a lot of people really need to take into consideration with a lot of it, like special gear. And like, uh, you know, I've talked to people that are like, dude, I have, I don't have attachment stuff like that. I just don't care. Just don't care. That's how thinking, I was. But like, now that I'm and older, now I'm you're like, looking back on it Jesus. 10, 15 years later, you fucking regret it. You fucking regret it. Which by the way, I'm doing the math in my head. You started at 15. You're yeah. coming up on 20. Jesus, man. Yeah, I'm at 11 off and on. I tell people I've been in the business 11 years off and on. That's how I am, too. I, I've really only been in the business like five five years. I mean, technically, I took a break after losing my leg. So that was four years out. Yeah. But from 15 up until you losing your leg, you were running like you were still doing shows. And unfortunately, unfortunately, well, yeah, I was too stupid to get out while I could. Yeah. And now look at us laying down on flaming tables and stuff that won't light. Yeah. They lit. They just wouldn't stale it. Yeah. Um, Damn wet wood. So then that brings me to a good point to talk about here. Um, you know, we, we, we mentioned V um, and then I can get more into him in a little bit, but I'm going to start with you unless you need some time to really think about it. Like, you know, you look at what Logan has got going on right now. He's got me, you, Clayton. Are we going on a mentors list? Okay. Or you could let me fucking explain it. Um, yeah. You you look at Logan and he's got someone like you, me, Clayton, Dalton, uh, Ollie, Terry. Um, who are some of the people that you really consider like your mentors when you were first breaking in? Definitely Oliver King. He helped oh. me a lot during my IWAU runs. I don't consider him my mentor because I wasn't around him early in my career. Like we We had heat. And we, when he's on here, like he doesn't remember that we had heat, but Oliver's had heat with everybody. I think so many people have heat with Oliver Kane, and I don't understand why. He's just a big goofy lover. He is, <laughs> he is. But anyway, um, Oliver is someone that I'm close with now, but I wouldn't consider him a mentor. No, but he's one of my on. mentors. Yeah. Uh, Jason Light, obviously. I would even throw Ray Lincoln in there because I. Ah! Ah! Dalton Davis just popped. Ray Lincoln's my guy. Um, Mikey, they Guess. do be doing that though. Mikey Dalton. Guess was the one that took me from to the big time, I should say, like the hometown level. Hey, dude, it's Mikey Guess for you. And I would have to say Charlie uh, Knight for giving me my that. opportunity. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, we all know yours is Jason B. He's the big one. But I mean, I look at like my my first true one. Like I was explaining, I forgot Ollie. How could you forget Ollie? Ollie's my psychology go to. Yeah, my obviously the big one's Jason V, and I I think that like we I don't even remember what he said, but I was like I don't know if you like me calling you my mentor or not, but I'm gonna call you my mentor, and I think he said it's it's fine, you know, it was like if you want to consider me that, but he you, said yeah, it's fine. I do the same thing with Harker. Yeah, and Harker is someone that I really consider a mentor in my career. But like the first person that I would peg as a mentor, like this is the first person that was really helping me out. Um, I got to go, Bo Sawyer. 
I got to go Bo. We didn't really run the roads together for long, but he was still someone that taught me the ropes. And he like, I remember going to Georgetown for the first time and him being like, okay, Dickie. So Harker Dirge is going to be there. And he's very old school. Here's how you handle these old school guys. Like just teaching me little stuff like that along the way. See, like you had Bo though. I had Cody Ray strong. Yeah. Completely different and then, people. After Bo, I would say there was someone who liked to say that they were my mentor, but they fucking weren't. Um, but the real mentor, I would say, it was Jason V. It was Jason V. And then, you know, I would run the roads with Blake Reed and Travis Weir. I don't necessarily consider them mentors per se. They were just people that I would learn from. There's a difference between someone you learn from and someone that you consider a mentor. Oh, then that could change my whole list then. Then who would you say? <laughs> I'd take Mikey Guess out. No, he's not even on mine. Um, but um, yeah, that's the thing is that like Jason V is the one that I learned not just wrestling. That's a from. good fucking tree to be under, though. Oh, you want to talk about giving Ollie his flowers? Let's give Jason V his fucking flowers. We do it right all now. the time with Jason. I know, but dude, he had so much shit fall in his lap and he took chicken shit and made chicken salad out of it every like, time. Every fucking time. That man is the reason independent wrestling in the Midwest is mapped out the way it is to this day. So fuck everyone else. Jason B, you deserve it. He's the workhorse, too. If you want to talk about someone who will put their brand on your back or on his back and do everything in his power, he's going to kill me for telling this story, but I'm not going to name names. He told a story about going to a show. He doesn't go to many shows anymore. You know, he went to a show. And he walked in and there sat the promoter that he worked a lot for. And the promoter pretty much no sold him. Really? That's a big fuck you to Jason V. I would never treat that man that way. I don't, I don't give a, if you do right by me, then I am always going to be a fucking loyal soldier. I am loyal. We got the red carpet for him. Always. That man is always going to have a spot at my table. And that man, I mean, there was a few years where he didn't, but <laughs> we, we don't get into that. Uh, we, we, again, we don't talk about old shit. No. Um, yeah, we, we, we don't talk about old shit. Drove. Um, but, uh, no, like just to know that that's how the fucking wrestling business is for you. We were there for you all the time and worked for pennies. And you treat us like that. It doesn't Fuck matter to you, all these dude. shitty promoters, bro. And I still see, I've seen this dude recently. And like, just the thought of like, the fact that you did that to my mentor, that makes me not fucking like you. And I'm going to change the subject now before I start making names. And I have zero interest in naming one person. So... Let's just keep on going. But no, um, that's the thing is that, you know, V is definitely someone that um, that definitely helped me out. And um, I, I don't really I don't think I can name specifics. There are specifics, but I'm just terrible at remembering, you know, just simple shit like riding the roads with him and like him. Like I remember him booking these weekly shows and him like messaging me and like he was coming to me for input to get some ideas. But at the same time, I'm also studying what he's doing and I'm seeing it. I learned how to edit video from Jason V. Like I'm very heavily influenced by his video editing skills. A lot of people are, man. And yeah. he doesn't get enough credit for it. Well, we're here to give him credit. Yeah. We're here to give him credit. There truly would not be a Dickie Wabash if there was not Jason V. And then someone that's on the auxiliary of this also is Ollie Tharp. Like he is someone that I literally was talking to him on Saturday. I'm like, Ollie, you deserve your flowers. You really do. Because like you've done so much for this business and you, you, you really don't get the credit that you deserve or whatever. And I told him, I was like, still to this day, I still use the analogy of uh how a wrestling show is like an ice cream shop where you got your different flavors you don't want to keep coming and getting the same flavor you don't you know, want to get burned out your, on it you want to have your change up and he's like oh yeah i've said that for years and then i said well i say it now i said i've modified it a little bit from how exactly how you said it but yeah it's essentially something i really learned from him
We know but, a lot of great people. We know a lot of shitty people too. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, Harker is also someone I learned a lot from, but I wouldn't consider him a mentor necessarily. He's just someone that I learned a lot from. He just is. And, um, I mean, there's so many people out there. You can always continue learning and going to like these new trainees and stuff. They don't see that. They just hear what their trainer says and, oh, we're good to go. Let's go. No, like you're talking, I'm almost 20 years in now. I'm still fucking learning shit that I didn't know. No one should ever be complacent and like you could take a green kid and he could give you some advice and you're like, oh, fuck that. But who knows? 10 years down the line, you're like, wait a minute. That makes sense. Now it clicks to me. Like you should always listen and take everything in and focus on it, man. Like you're trying to be better, be a better person too. like fuck. I think we get a little bit more into that on paid show because there's a certain topic that I want to cover, but, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's a good way to put it is that nobody is better than nobody in this business. And like, I mean, obviously pick and choose who you, who you listen to. Don't listen to dumb fucks. And for a while it's going to be hard. You know, you're going to earn, you got to earn that ability to be able to learn who's a dumb fuck and who's worth listening to. But even the dumb bucks give you great knowledge. Sometimes even the dumbest motherfucker out there can give you stuff you'd use. Yeah. It's weird. Wrestling's weird. It's great. It's the it's great. It's the weirdest club I've ever been a part of. It's the most antisocial social club yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah, I really wish that that wasn't a thing already because that's a good way to describe wrestling. It's like it's an antisocial social club. And wrestling tends to like invite this certain type of person. Like you got to I'm just going to put this bluntly and i don't mean this as an insult i really think that to a certain degree you got to have some form of mental illness to be in (laughs) wrestling no i'm serious man. i I agree because like i think that in a way you have to be broken in some way and then you get put together thanks to To wrestling wrestling. people say that about stand-up comedy as well people say that you know stand-up comedy attracts a lot of broken people and um it it does i mean look at this is going to get a little bit dark. So uh, warning for anyone that doesn't like to hear about this stuff. Sorry, but it's just the truth. Um, you look at the level, the amount of comedians that have tragically killed themselves. Look at the amount of wrestlers that have killed turned, themselves. Yeah. They're and very similar. That's world. in any art form too. any art form. I'm just I mean, musicians. It's a bunch of broken people trying to make everyone else happy because I think it takes a special kind of person because you're looking for something you want that you want that recognition you want to be in front of that crowd so what you do is you you're using that guitar that you picked up that wrestling ring that you were just in that microphone that you picked up to tell your jokes into you're using that as a platform. But at the end of the day, it's just a bandaid. You still have your own shit that you need to work on. So with that being said, like if anyone is having any mental health struggles, like go to the proper avenues, like this stuff does ultimately help in the end. Like, wrestling saved my life it really really did i know it saved your life multiple times yeah outside of your children like you had no other reasons to live and then you know you stuck around for them obviously but you're also sticking around because of this thing called wrestling and you know wrestling is a beautifully twisted and broken world is the best way to put it and i hate it some days i love it most days but the one thing that remains constant is that undeniable this is what i was supposed to do alex castle used to have a shirt and i still have it somewhere and it said pro wrestling loved me to death and i think that that is the best fucking thing that i've ever heard about not just pro wrestling but any art form in general what what's the the thing it's it's essentially a paraphrasing of the old thing find what you love and let it destroy you absolutely and then it's just a matter of being able to pick yourself up and like not let it get to you because it can you just got to be you know safe alex castle's listening if you see it on a t-shirt mind your own business 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We might steal that design. By the way, Alex Castle has appeared in Mad Bash content. Yes, he was cutting Oliver Kane's hair. <laughs> like, is that coy? Like, what's he doing? Um, Alex Castle is Mad Bash. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So to bring it back to more lighter notes, um, how did Logan? Uh, like you, you, you talked to him a little bit, and maybe this is more for him to be on here one day to talk. But he's not here right now. His dad's here right now. Let's talk about. Uh, you know, because I know he was quiet on the car ride home, mostly because, hey, shocker, Clayton Clark and Dalton Davis called me, right? And uh, the whole car, the ride whole home. car ride home, we were talking to them. But um, so, how was he feeling after? How was he feeling when you got home the day after? I mean, that's really his story to tell, like you said. But well, tell it from your perspective. My perspective, from what he told me, his nerves were still going at him. He was more upset that he did something wrong and was going to let us down than anything else. And I told him, there's no way you could ever let us down. I was like, you're going out there giving your all. That's all that matters. But yeah, blow up drills before a roughing gig is not the way to go because he woke up the next morning sore as hell. He's like, I don't want to do blow up drills ever again. I was like, oh, you said you wanted to do them with me, buddy. Well, that means you know what he's doing in March? Blow up drills. <laughs> we got to keep that callus on him, man. That's what I told him. I was like, you're only stiff. Your neck's stiff right now. Your legs are stiff right now because you went, what, two months without training? One month? One month, yeah, because he wasn't able to. In Get January. in the ring, yeah. Fuck off. Um, see, I remember my second show because there were stairs to lead me up to the ring on my first show. But my second show, my arms were, were sore as fuck the next day. And I couldn't figure out why. So you, I wrote, you wrote me and you're like, how you feeling today? And I was like, my arms are so fucking sore. And you said, you know why? Right. I said, why is that? Because you were pulling your full body weight up on the ring instead of giving your knee and then pulling up. You got to kind of hop with it. You don't pull your entire weight. You're up. stretching all that back in the wrong place. And I was like, ah, that explains it. So then from that point on, I gave the little hop. That's why you always saw me hop up on that apron. Yep. But yeah, good. Good for Logan. Good for Logan. How, how did he react to his is mad bash pose or post? Uh, he kind of cried a little bit. Did he? Yeah. Good. I just set my phone down. I was like, you might want to scroll through this. And he starts scrolling through the phone. And he's like, what's all this mean? My Facebook doesn't look like this. I go, well, that's because we own that Facebook page. Keep scrolling. And then he finally got down to like where the posts were posted. And he just got instantly silent. And he's like, Dad, can you send that to me? And I was like, yeah, I can send it to you, buddy. Yeah. He got his is mad bash. Got his is Mad Bash post, but man, you want to talk about Mad Bash? Would you know that's what we're doing? You know, we had some guys running wild. We had uh, we're starting to our our movements really starting to sprout up and get some legs to it, man. It really is like you're starting to see more and more of those Mad Bash armbands pop up, and it means the world to me. I know it means the world to them too. Like you want a crazy fact? What's that? Just next month alone, Mad Bash is represented in Indiana, Illinois. Ohio, Michigan, Kentucky, and Tennessee, all in the same month. Really? From all the guys' bookings, yep. Let me think about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it is. Yeah. That's Damn. crazy to think. That's very it? crazy to think, man. That's very crazy to think. It's like, well, it's talking about, we you know, we mentioned on commentary, Whiskey and Warrens has got um, five different titles across three different states. Yeah. You know, they got Illinois, Indiana, and Tennessee. This, I just was thinking about that last night. I was like, wow, that's fucking crazy. And it all started with just a, hey, let's buy some microphones. In one month's time, Mad Bash is going to be in a fifth of the United States. That's not how that works. How's that not work? That's not a fifth of the United States, you dumb motherfucker. That's a fucker. fifth of it. Madrox, a listen, tenth. I'm not... <laughs> They're, listen, listen, Dickie Wabash. It's not. I spent twenty years professional wrestling business, not you math are lectures. A fucking idiot. That's you, fine. That's not. How many states is it? Five. Five. There's fifty states. Five out of fifty. There's fifty-one states. Go, there's there's fifty. 
it goes it so if you divide it it turns into one to one tenth mad bash is in one tenth, tenth of the yeah, united that's states that's what i meant to say you are a ignorant motherfucker god damn it god fucking damn it <laughs> you're so we just pop brian oh my god so all right guys we're gonna go ahead and hop on out of here um yeah, for those of you that, uh, you know, this comes out to the public after the fact, but Ascend of the Throne has started. Uh, heard all about it in the ad read, so I'm going to spend too much time on it, but I'm telling you, don't miss IWAU every Tuesday. We're going to be seeing that tournament roll through. We're going to crown our first champion here March 19th. It's going to be incredible. Uh, don't forget patreon.com slash madbashstudios, madbashstudios.com. You can find me on Instagram at DW underscore ski mischievous rabbit uh michael madrox kind of half-ass runs every other social media page he's really kind of not present on social media too much uh leave us a five-star written review guys that stuff is what's going to help us grow we want to grow with you guys so that being said everyone over on the patreon we are going to be rolling into paid ski we'll see you there